So today I want to be speaking on what I've titled, Perfect Love Casts Out Fear. Perfect Love Casts Out Fear. With that long, whatever, you know, I'm going to be teaching today. Perfect Love Casts Out Fear. And um, this, it's going to be in relation to our God, in our walk with God. But I also want us to be attentive because I know that God will use the same word to affect our lives, our marriages, our relationships, and everything that we are involved with. Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love eliminates fear. And it's the truth. And I want us to just explore that and see, you know, and, and open our hearts to receive from God what he has for you and I. So I'll read from 17. Love has been perfected amongst us in these. Love has been perfected. You know, I like something about scriptures. And if you've noticed, you know, most of Bible concepts and uh, principles uh, come in the past tense. And there's a reason for that. Fundamentally, the reason for that is because Jesus Christ had paid the price fully for anything you need or require from him. Jesus paid the full price. Hallelujah. So love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. The love of God has been perfected amongst us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so we are in the world. Let me, let me just say this before I continue. This is very important. And let me say this. You know, he's talking about that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so we are in this world. As Christians, we are not waiting for the day of judgment before we become confident that there will not be any problem for us on that day. As Christians... We must have the boldness and the confidence right now that we are saved. That God loves us. And I do not want to spend any day, another day in my life, bothering or worrying whether I'm going to make heaven or not. I don't want to spend another day of my life trying to think, oh, am I going to make heaven? What will happen if I die? And, all of that. and I want to tell you this. You got to follow this. If you're a child of God and you wrestle with that, there's a problem. Because the number one thing here that is so powerful is that the love of God has been perfected amongst us. And one of the key reasons is so that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so we are in this world. In other words, we are already operating in this world in the supernatural. We're already operating in this world as they operate in heaven. If you get what I'm trying to say. We're already operating like that. So that, that's why you say when a Christian dies, it's transition. Or, uh, you know, 
uh, from, from one state to the other. Just as if when you move water into solid state and call it ice block. So we're just transiting. So it's the same essence, the same person, the same stuff that we have. Because as he is eternal, as he is eternal, so we are in this world. And it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. I know some people here, you've been coming to church for a long time. Maybe for many years. But you wrestle with fear. And now, the fear of what would happen if I die? What will happen if I stand in front of this great white door? <laughs> what will happen? And the scariest thing for many people with coronavirus, if, if I die of corona, where will I go? And the point is, that is not just for those who don't know the Lord, but that even Christians, many Christians live in daily fear of death. But it isn't just the death that we're afraid of. We're afraid of God's position concerning us. Now, you got to follow this. We're afraid of God's position. We're not sure where we stand with him. We're not sure if he's completely happy with us. We're not sure if we've done all that is required of us to be guaranteed that when we die, we go to heaven. We're not sure. So we are afraid. Now, this is a practical message. And I know as I'm speaking out, some people, even just saying it, your heart is going. <gasps> afraid. But that's not what God wants for us. Because perfect love destroys that fear. But then the Bible says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So question. Fear of what? When people are afraid, fear of what? Especially when it comes to dealing with God, fear of what? Fear of inadequacy. Many Christians feel very inadequate. I can't do it. I'm not supposed to do it. I won't be able to do it. Fear of inadequacy. I'm not, I'm not enough. And we live in an environment where people can even brag about being rubbish, aren't I? We're not enough. We're always afraid that we're not enough. We're inadequate. Wives are afraid that they're not enough for their husbands. You are afraid. Husbands are afraid that they're not enough. See, that's why you're diving for your husband's phone. You're afraid. And that fear is not just depending on him. It's that there's something wrong with you fear of inadequacy fear of rejection many people are afraid of rejection what happens if somebody says no to me 
What happens if I ask for help and nobody wants to show up? What happens if I'm rejected? What happens if somebody shuts me down? Fear of rejection. What about fear of disgrace and shame? I don't want anybody to mess me up. I'll mind my business and go my own way. It sounds good the way you've just said that. But you know the truth? It's because you are afraid. And fear has come in. You are afraid. You're thinking about disgrace. You're processing shame. You're processing, I don't want anybody to mess me up. I don't want anybody. You are afraid. And fear has come in. Fear has come in. You are afraid. That's not what God wants for you. You are afraid. Wow, what's going to happen? Many of us are, you know, we, we are afraid of mistakes and error. You don't want to get anything wrong. And just the thought of getting things wrong, your heartbeat increases. And that's why you got it wrong. That's the thought, the fear. You just don't want People are afraid for, of many things. I know I'm talking about practical stuff here, but of course we're talking about, we can talk about being afraid of man and all of that. I'm not going to explore all of that for now. But we're afraid. So the question you need to begin to ask yourself is, why do you have to live with this torment that the Bible says that fear has torment? Why do you think anxiety makes people useless? Why do you think that because people are afraid, their life gets stuck in one place? Why do you think that people are afraid, they can do anything, they just talk, they can get anything right done? No. Because fear has torment. Fear has torment. Fear has torment. And no matter what you are afraid of, no matter where you are afraid, fear has torment. And it reduces your capacity to fulfill the will of God. I've told us this many times. The moment Peter feared, whilst he was walking on water. How many people knew? You know Peter walked on water. He actually walked, okay? But immediately he became afraid. You know what happened to, to Peter? Take note of this. He sank. But let me tell you this. He was a professional fisherman. Why should a professional swimmer sink? Have you ever thought about it? Why should someone who should be a fish in water sink in water? Because when you are afraid, you don't just lose spiritual capacity, you lose mental capacity and even your natural ability. When you are afraid, the things you could do normally, normally, easily, you'll struggle. Fear is punishment. Fear is torment. It destroys the heart. It weakens your capacity. And so imagine when people are afraid of God. Our love for God is stronger and effective. Now follow me now because we're talking about perfect love driving our fear. So we're going to be going like that. Our love for God 
is stronger and effective in transforming our lives when we know the love of God and accept the love of God for our own lives. When we know and accept how much it loves us. Hallelujah. You see, many of us have an head, now come and follow this. Many of us have an head knowledge of the love of God. But we do not have a revelation of the love of God. We know in our mind, we know in our head, we know through the Bible that God loves me with everlasting love. But we don't have an experience of the love of God, which in the Greek is the word genosco. We don't know the love of God. We don't have an intercourse, an experience of the love of God. We just know in our mind, which that's a different kind of knowledge, maybe like oider and, and all of that. But you see, we have not genosco, understand, grasp, have an intermingling, an experience of the love of God. And that's the problem of a lot of Christians. We know up here that God loves us, but we don't know here that he loves us. We've not accepted here that he loves us. And that's why you're afraid. If you have a revelation, an understanding of the love of God, not just for the people of the world, but the love of God for you. It changes everything about how you think, how you process, how you behave, how you talk, how you walk, and how you do your stuff. You will discover that kind of uh, uh, unprecedented confidence that will come upon your life. In fact understanding the love of God for you will give you confidence and the boldness of a lion. It used to be, for instance, anybody, if you make a mistake, you're going to pull your head out. Anybody, just confess. You don't like to make a mistake. Oh, you don't want to confess now? Just one person? All right, I'll use myself. I don't like making mistakes. Oh, no, I didn't like making mistakes. It's past tense. You know now, I can make mistakes many times. I'm not even bothered. Not because I want to make mistakes. Because I am so confident in who I am. That what I've done wrong doesn't change anything about me. I was telling us the other day. If you're going, if you have a cup of tea and I just like have an accident with you and spill the tea. You think I'm going to have a sleepless night? No. No, 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 no. We're just going to mop the floor and forget about it. Full stop. If you want us to buy another cup of tea, we buy another one. I'm not going to have sleepless night because of a cup of tea. Hello? The cost of a cup of tea probably is like 10p. You know many of us who have sleepless night because of that? How can I, how can I be that stupid? How can I be that foolish? What am I even thinking? Is that how much I don't have sense? Just on a cup of tea, you will drag yourself down to the floor and roll yourself in the mud for a cup of tea. And sometimes even the owner of the cup of tea is wondering, is it because of my cup of tea? And I'm fine. We just get another one. You see, is how much we, when we don't understand and love and how much God loves us, it, it affects our response to things. We're always changing our perception about ourselves. You came to church, 
somebody didn't greet you. You know, the only way it will affect you is because you don't know how much God loves you. If you know how much God loves you, you thank God for the people who have said hello. But you even thank God for the people who didn't say hello. Because hello or no hello has nothing to do with my life. I five we all. If you take your hands off, it's your miss. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You must understand that God loves you. And that God is not trying to get you to do something wrong so that he can attack you. God is not trying to get you to make a mistake. You know, some of us are from countries where, you know, in this country, you see, you, you just see oh, camera on the way, camera on the way, in 50 meters, camera on the way, and all of that. And then the first thing I was thinking, you know, fresh in England is, do you really want to catch anybody? If you want to catch people, why do you tell them? Because, you know, some of you came from the kind of country where, uh, yeah, the camera will be hidden. The man manning the camera will be hidden, and he's praying very hard that you commit the crime. And that's the way many of us interpret God. That's the way we interpret God. We see God as a God who is just waiting back in the corner. Dodging and watching you and praying very hard. That you make a mistake and then we pounce on you and deal with you. I'm not serving that kind of God. And I want to tell you the truth. You are not serving that kind of God. You just have a wrong perception about the God you serve. The God you serve is not like that. Praise God. Our love for God, understanding can only transform us when we understand how much he loves us. How he loves us so. Do you know that song? How he loves us so. You know it. He loves me. Okay, you know, he loves me. I cannot see why. God loves us. You need to understand that perfect love casts out fear. And when he casts out the fear, you are bold as a lion. You are strong. You know who you are. Do you understand? You are not going to live your life apologizing for everything. You're not going to live your life thinking you're a nobody. You're not going to live your life thinking you're inadequate. You're not going to live your life being afraid of someone who's going to reject you. God loves me so much. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to single people, I'm saying... Jesus Christ, I wonder how somebody can jilt me. I'll jilt you ten times before you think about it. It's not going to happen. You, I, why make your life a victim? God loves you more than anybody. Your dad cannot love you the way God loves you. Your mom can't. Do you believe that? Nobody can love you the way God did. And so if you understand that, the fear that is driving you to do wrong, you know the problem with fear? You're going to make more mistakes. You're going to get it wrong and wronger. <laughs> You're going to just mess things up more. You're afraid. Look at some third person. You are very adequate. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And that's not dependent on anybody's opinion. It's not. It's not dependent on anybody's opinion. 
It's not dependent on anybody's opinion. It's God's opinion about you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Full stop. Anybody that's not happy with that should find another God. That's it. He loves you. You need to grasp. You need to understand it. Because perfect love we cast out that fear of judgment, of making mistakes, of error that will make you to actually make more error. It's not counting on your own ability. It's depending on him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Ask somebody, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What he's saying is, wait a minute, who exactly should I be afraid of? If the Lord be for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? The meaning is this. It doesn't matter what is against you. Everything summed up is irrelevant. Look at me, tell the person, God loves me so much. And I tell the person, you don't need to be jealous. He loves you so much too. <laughs> Amen. He loves me so much. On our own, we cannot stand before God. But because I know, I perceive the love that he has for me. That changes the whole thing. Let me just share this with you. When someone loves you and you don't get it, praise God. When someone loves you and you don't get it, that's why some wives, and women, no, don't worry, you'll find the way you live your life, all right? That's why some women, you know, their husband has to tell them every day of their life, I love you. And if he fails, Let, let, let's call a spirit a spade. You only need affirmation that much because there's no conviction. Or just keep down one side. I know I've, known, I know I've, I've troubled some things now. Okay. Some people, their yeah, love language is the word of affirmation. I, I know you've read all those stuff. You see, those things are generated to take space of basic biblical principles. That's all it is. The only language is the language of God. All of those things are correct. All of those things are right. It's just to help you manage your marriage. That's all. They are management techniques. That's all it is. I, you would not need affirmation if you are convinced. You see, Paul said, I am persuaded. Libra, Oshkanda, that neither life, death, valley, this can separate me from the love of God. Doesn't need anybody's addition, anybody's confirmation, anybody's affirmation. It is irrelevant because there is no human being who can convince you more than God. Come on, rise up to a high level. Most principles were taught had principles to keep us low and think small 
and help us manage our life and piece the, the broken species together. Mm, yeah. When someone loves you and you don't get it, you will not love, walk in love with that person. You won't. If someone loves you and you don't get it, you won't walk in love with that person. Because you can't see it. You can't get it. You won't walk in love with that person. Many people don't walk in love with God because they're not fully aware that God loves them greatly. So they walk with God with caution. When someone loves you and you don't get it, you will not act in line. For instance, somebody loves you and then this person is calling you, hello, how are you doing? You just be wondering. Can somebody not rest? <laughs> Which is not bad. It's just that you don't get it. Or you don't get it the way the person wants you to get it. Oh, come on. Can I tell you this principle just right? You know, you, know, you don't have the capacity to tell what you love, how you love them. What you love places a demand on you and tells you how to be loved. Do you get what I say? And so you have to get to a level where you have the capacity to love that which you love, no matter the demand that places on you. And that's why nobody loves like God. And that's why you look at the children of Israel and say, where is your bill of divorce? I didn't send you away. Nobody loves like God. That's why the boy you call the prodigal son, that's why when the guy was coming, God had the capacity, the extent that he didn't change anything about his relationship with his son after the guy has squandered everything. Oh, come on, are you getting this? If some of us can just love like God, this whole life will be easy. But when someone loves you, you don't get it, you will not act in line. That's why the Bible makes it clear that if you love me, what will you do? You will obey my commandments. I'm going to get some. Let me, let me move faster. When someone loves you and you don't get it, you will not take advantage of the benefits that will flow from that person. You would not be able to take the advantage. I'll show you examples now. Because how can God, the Bible says, who didn't spare his son Jesus, how will he not with him freely give unto us all things? But when you don't know that you are that important, that Jesus could have died for only you, how can you possibly open your heart and say, why will he not freely give to me all things with him? Amen. Of course, when you don't, when someone loves you, you don't get it, you will never trust that person. In the parable of the talents, I'm reading 24 to 25, chapter 25, Matthew 25, 24 to 25. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you. Huh? Mm. Do you know there's so many people they will confidently say they know God, but they have no clue. I know God. I know God. I can tell you many things that people say about God that they will prove to you they know God. 
He says, I knew you. But the question is, what did you know? What's, what knowledge of God do you have? Because it's the right knowledge of God that produces right result. He says, I know you. Do, anybody here? I know sometimes there are people that will say, oh, I know you. And then you're thinking, truly you do. <laughs> do you understand? People just say to you, I, I really know you. Even it can happen between husband and wife or mom and children. You know, your mom will just tell you, I know you. And then you're thinking, mom, you don't have a clue. You actually generally do not have a clue. But she thinks she, whatever. This guy said, I knew you. Lord, I knew you. How? I knew you to be a hard man. Look at insult. Look at insult. You know, sometimes people will say they know you and then they are insulting you. I know you. You will never say good morning to anybody except you have food. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, things like that. You say, I knew you. To be a hard man, what do you know about God? What are you building your relationship with God on? Because this guy built his relationship on this knowledge that he had of the Lord that he thought he knew. He says this, this guy is a hard man. He says this guy reaps where he hasn't sown, gathering where he's not scattered seed. And then you know what it is. When you do not process the love of God for you appropriately, you will have fear. Perfect love casts out fear. He had a wrong understanding, a wrong knowledge of who the Lord was. He made up his own mind and then he became afraid by his own processing of God. Many of us are afraid in dealing with God because of the kind of stuff that has been fed into our mind and the kind of knowledge that we've received. So we look at God with a different kind of parameter and we just think he's a hard man he's just a god who's trying to to get what he didn't plant he's just a hard man putting demands on your life that he can't fulfill it's not true please it's not true if you think god is like that i'm telling you it's not true he's a good 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 father hallelujah it will not bring anything upon you more than you can bear. It will not tempt you with anything that you can carry. It is not like that. Understand the heart of God towards you. Of course, this guy said, and I was afraid. Of course, that has to happen. And went and I eat your talent in the ground. Look! There you have what is yours. Can you imagine how the guy was behaving? You will be so confident. You know those people like that are so confident. You know those guys that did more, they will be calm. They'll say, oh, Master, you gave me five. By the grace of God, I'll be able to do five more. They will be gentle. You know this other guy? You will be very arrogant. I knew you as a hard man. I'm not going to allow anybody to pull a fast one on me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to allow anybody to chance me. This is your something. It's one, it's one you are getting. This is yours, that which belongs to you. Don't think you're going to make me do what I don't want to do. He didn't understand the love of God. When you don't understand love and it's not perfected, 
you'll be suspicious of the person. You'll be afraid of the person. Do you know, in a lot of relationships that is fair, people are afraid. Parents are afraid of their children. Children are afraid of their parents. Mom is afraid of dad. Dad is afraid of mom. Pastor is afraid of congregation. Congregation is afraid of pastor. Everybody is just afraid. You know why? Because people process information wrongly. And so you create a different perception of the person that is showing you love, in this case, God. Adam and Eve wouldn't have been deceived if they knew God loved them. They wouldn't have been deceived. Because what was the deception? As God said. In other words, the guy is deceiving you. That's all. That's all. What they were told was simply, God deceived you. He knew that the day that you did that, you become better. God deceived you. That was what was sold to them. God will never deceive a man. He has no reason to deceive you. He has did. To gain what? Doesn't show partiality. You remember Cain. Cain was another person that thought God was playing games. And he was so, so, so mad with his brother, Abel. And God spoke to him. He said, Cain, if you do well, you'll be accepted. It's not about Abel. Mind your business. I love all men the same. You respond appropriately, you get the result. But instead of the guy to change his response towards God, the same problem, fear and hatred overtook his life. And what happened? He destroyed his brother. Let me tell you something. When you don't allow the love of God to be made perfect in your life, you'll be full of fear and hatred. Listen to this. You will not stop gossip. You won't stop slandering people. You won't stop behind people's back. You won't stop. Because these things, once you mismanage information, how God thinks, how God loves you, you're going to meddle with all manner of base things. The honor of God. Perfect love. It casts us fear and it gives confidence. Adam and Eve were deceived by the devil because they just didn't know how much God loved them. I can't want serpent just showed up and say, as God said, he's lying to you. He's not told you the whole truth. He's hiding something from you. You see, that's how the devil destroys love. Hello, Sister Janet. Ah, how is your husband? Just tell Sister Janet there's nothing that concerns her with your husband. Because the story is going somewhere. It's my husband. It's not your own. <laughs> Why are you after his welfare? Story is going somewhere. The next thing you say, eh, <laughs> Once someone is talking like that, they be afraid. <laughs> the words will not come out of their mouth. You, because they are still thinking of the lie. <laughs> I saw a car in front of as they looked at the car, and I thought you should be at work at that time. They've sown an evil seed into your heart. I saw his car. 
I thought he would be at work at that time. <laughs> What's the meaning of that? When you listen to something that is contrary to the word of God, it will produce negative result. This man said, I knew you. Wrong information. Satan came, gave wrong information to the Adam and Eve, and they had a wrong perception of God. They actually, Adam actually believed the Satan that God lied to them. Oh, you didn't think about it like that? That was exactly what happened. Actually believed this guy that God had lied to them, and so he had enough stamina and audacity to do that which God said don't do because he was convinced by Satan that God lied to him. Please don't allow evil to convince you against God. Don't allow negative words, the things that are happening, even your situation and circumstances to pollute the word of God in your life. It can be polluted. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. The devil changed one or two things and rearranged the thing and polluted their understanding of God. There are people, until you started listening to them, your marriage was working. But they have the uncanny anointing to introduce you to all the cracks in your marriage. And immediately your eyes will be open to see that your wife, second name, is Jezebel. Perfect love casts out fear. But let me just say this so that we can pray. But all of this, I said something at the beginning that without a revelation of from God, these are mere words. But if you can grasp this. It will change the way you think about God and the way you live your life. Completely and absolutely. Let me tell you, neighbor, tell the person, God loves you. Tell the person, that is not a saying. It is the truth. God loves you. But you see, it's one thing to have it here. It's another thing to be convinced and believe it so much more that it changes the way you behave and think and walk with God. So that all those fear of inadequacy disappears. All those fear of mistakes disappears. All those fear of I'm not enough disappears. All those sleepless nights, I don't know whether God is happy with me or not, it disappears. <laughs> Let me just say this before we go to this last scripture. You know, sometimes I... Somebody will say things like, um, you know, like I said, this guy thinks he knows God. And then I, I think last week I was telling us, sometimes people will say things like, you know, if you do this against God, you know, you are looking for his problem. You are looking for God's problem. You see, you can look for a man's problem. But God is not like that. I pray that these things I'm saying, you'll be able to process it. Because you see, it's when you understand this, that's what changes you. 
you see, you see, this, those that, the, the, the people that love God, you see, you see, this is the love of God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. When you understand the love of God and receive the love of God, you will keep his commandment easily. The difficulty that Adam and Eve had was that they allowed someone to pollute their understanding of the love of God and the heart of God towards them. What's the heart of God? God loves you. God loves you. God's not like that. Perfect love casts out fear. As a Christian, don't live with fear. On Friday, the Canadian was telling us on Friday that to, to even live in fear is a sin against God. And to, to, if you look at all these processes, some of these thoughts that we've talked about today, you would see that people who were afraid were people that you can see sin in what they did. I was afraid I hid myself. Why? You sinned and disobeyed and listened to Satan. I was afraid and hid my talent. Why? Because you disobeyed God. You had a wrong understanding. Take you through your Bible. When disobedience comes, fear follows. When Peter took his gaze away from Jesus, that was it. He sank. Question. Why are you afraid? Why is your heart going like that? Why is it that some people, I don't know how many of us, there are still people in your life that when you see them, your heart beat increases. Why, why, why the torment? That's not what God wants for you. In your home, those who are married, you are happier when your husband is not there or your wife is not there because when they're there, you are full of fear. You're just going to get something wrong. You're just going to make a mistake. You will keep on making mistakes. You need to overcome that fear. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 19. I'm just going to jump to 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all. The fullness of God. They are spiritually discerned. I want you to close your eyes. And you're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal the love of God to you. That's the prayer. The 